May it please the listeners, my name is Rich Schoenstein, and this is Law Brief. In the last episode, my partner Amy Goldsmith and I took a look at what constitutes a trade secret and what your company should do if it has them. This week, our two-parter concludes with a discussion of the broader concept of confidential information, information that's of critical importance to your business, but may not rise to the statutory legal definition of a trade secret that we talked about last week. What is confidential information and how should your business protect it? I'm joined again by Amy Goldsmith. Let's get into this part of the discussion. Confidential information, how is it different? So confidential information is one of those catch-all terms. Trade secrets can be confidential information. So if you look at a Venn diagram, you can have a big circle with confidential information, with trade secrets being one of those little pie pieces in the Venn diagram. But not all confidential information qualifies as a trade secret. So let's say you've got a customer list or a vendor list or something that is easily reverse engineered. That can still be protected as confidential information, but it's not going to necessarily be secret. Now, one of the areas in which we ask our clients questions is, what are you doing to protect your confidential information? And I get pushback from clients a lot on this one point that is really critical if you're going to go into court. Is the document, is the information marked confidential information or marked trade secret? And the answer is typically, oops. So if it's not marked, then you're not really going to have a credible argument that it is actually confidential information. If it's not in a separate location on your server, if, and again, having limited access is important, you have to mark it first so that people understand when they're looking at the document that it's considered confidential information and not the proper subject of talk around a water cooler. And it's even more important if you have a contract with one of those partner companies that you were talking about. Right. So so from a, let's look at this from a business perspective, which is really the way we're looking at these things. Confidential information can be, uh, thinking about the Venn diagram, anything that would give the company some sort of competitive advantage, and it, the company would want to keep confidential. Yes, exactly. Now, there are circumstances when the company may want everyone to know who are their clients. Right. And that would not be considered confidential information. It's certainly not confidential. I mean, the minute you post who your clients are on your website, it's not confidential anymore, right? Right. Right. Okay. So, but but that kind of information, the identity of your customers could be confidential. The, the specifics of those customer relationships, what they buy, what they pay, what their preferences are, those kind of things can be confidential, right? Yes, absolutely, but you have to keep them that way. So right, right. you have to mark it. And presuming you're making the right kind of efforts to keep it confidential, a company's financial data, research data, 
business procedures, all that kind of stuff, sales processes, marketing plans, all that stuff can be confidential. Yes. Basically, anything that has a value to your business that you don't need to make public can be considered confidential information. The definition is really as broad as one's imagination. Okay. So then I own a small business. Do I want to just mark everything confidential? No, because if you get into court and, you know, the the instructions on how to you know, work the copy machine or confidential, your credibility is going to diminish somewhat. So this is the pushback that we often get from clients. They don't necessarily want to take the time to determine what needs to be marked confidential information and what shouldn't be marked confidential information. But you have to think of it as, you know, what will be the prospective damage to my business if I'm not marking and someone takes this to their next job or a counterparty in connection with one of those non-disclosure agreements takes it because it's not marked confidential information. So it's you have to be both preventative and proactive. Okay. And and let's talk a little bit, you know, we, we you mentioned the marking of documents as confidential which surely makes sense. What other things can a company do? to help maintain the confidentiality of this category, this broad category of confidential information? Well, the company needs to teach its personnel what is considered confidential information and, more importantly, who to ask. So if a low-level employee is not trained and doesn't have someone to ask, hey, I think this information might be really sensitive, shouldn't it be marked confidential information? then you're not setting up your processes properly. So training your employees and having written policies is really important. Not just having the written policies, not just putting those written policies on an internet somewhere and nobody looks at them. It's really important to train everyone what they need to do in their jobs and make it a a part of their job to mark documents appropriately, and if they don't know, to have someone who is going to be responsive to speak with. All right, let me ask you a practical question. I have a company. I want to have these confidentiality policies. Where should I put them? So the policies, one, should be front and center when you're onboarding a new employee. And we haven't even discussed exit strategy yet, but we'll yeah, get there. Let's stick with let's stick right. with our current employees and not our. So your current employees. employees, you really should have onboarding. Tell them, okay, this is our company's policy, and it's really important to us. And give them in print. I know that's old fashioned, but give them in print and go through with them as part of the onboarding process your practices. So if you have an intranet. That person's going to have a password to the internet. But that person may not have a password to every part of the internet. There may be documents that, again, are so secret that only a few people have access to them. So that's a second layer of passwords. You don't want that person to share their password. Let's say that person is one of these confidential individuals. Don't share the password. So we're talking about a very granular level of policy and level of education. And you also want to have that training be 
persistent. You don't want to just onboard someone and then five years later find out that they don't remember what their obligations were. So you want to have a, a process and procedure to remind everyone about their obligations at a minimum once a year. Again, again, when I think about this, I think about it approaching it from both angles. One, maximizing the actual protection you will get to ensure that confidential information is not shooting out of your company. And two, making a record so that if you ever end up in court for any reason, you can demonstrate that you have adequate policies and procedures in place to protect your confidential information. Exactly, because if you are proactive and you go into court with all of your policies and procedures, with the fact that you've trained your employees at the onboarding and during the year, then, well, think of it from the perspective of a defense counsel. They can't ask a witness, well, how is someone supposed to know that this information is confidential information if it's not marked? Or how is one of your employees supposed to know that you have an obligation to mark something confidential if you don't tell them. Let me ask you this question. I've been in business for 37 years. I have 412 employees. I've never had a confidentiality policy. I don't mark anything confidential. We've never trained anybody. It seems pointless to me to even try right now to do all of that. And it seems like a huge effort and setting a big pile of money on fire. So... It's actually not that tough. If you really want to do it and you want to protect your business, again, you may have contractual obligations to do so that you don't realize. And if that confidential information is really critical to your business, then being proactive is going to work. What we're really talking about is sitting down with you for a few hours, showing you the confidentiality agreements that we typically work with, showing you the policies that we already have prepared, and showing you the training that we can do for you. Well, I mean, well, okay, but I can just pull that stuff off the internet. I don't, and, I don't need you. Okay, and if you pull, and this is just general from my intellectual property hat, if you pull something off the internet as an intellectual property attorney, I'm going to call that copyright infringement. So unless you're getting it from an open source that you absolutely trust, it's only as good as what you're paying for it. And you're not paying for it and you're using someone else's material. So we, we don't advise you to do that. And I'm going to add that in my experience, these kind of policies and procedures are more effective if they appear to be tailored for the actual situation at hand. And you really do want to put some effort into writing procedures that are appropriate for your business. Exactly. Your business may not have that much confidential information. That's quite possible. You may have no trade secrets. That's possible too. Except, as we mentioned, that's not the only thing you need to be concerned with. You need to be concerned about the contracts that you have signed that require you to do certain things with information that you're given. You do not want to be in the position where you had no training of your employees, you had a trusted employee on a particular project where information that employee was given was clearly marked confidential information. Your employee, not being trained, really didn't understand the import of those words, left, 
took that information, which again belongs to a third party, which you're contractually responsible for, and started using it. That counterparty is going to go after you. You're the deep pocket, not the departing employee. Right. So that's a lot of ground to cover. I mean, this business of confidentiality and trade secrets covers volumes and volumes of case law and statutes and articles and trying to do it justice in a short podcast is hard. But we're going to open it up, Amy, if you have any closing arguments, takeaways uh, from this episode you would like people to have. I actually do have a number of takeaways here, which I hope will encourage you to really look at these policies in your companies or in your clients' businesses. So what steps can you take? First, as we alluded to, is the audit. Now, that's a scary word, but it's not really scary. You want to classify your information. Is it a trade secret? Does it qualify? Is it really secret? Have you kept it as a secret? Are there a limited number of people to which that trade secret is disclosed? Is it valuable to a competitor? Is it valuable to a competitor? You want to classify that. You want to put it in its special place. You also want to do that with your confidential information. So you're creating a list. Okay, this is confidential, that's confidential. Business lists, customer lists, vendor lists, information that you were given to by a third party. And you want to mark all of this. So you can go through everything. If you've never had an issue, but you haven't marked, you can go through everything and mark it. You can just make this, let's say you've got an intern who's come on board, Make that the project for the intern under adequate supervision and having that intern sign on. So you want to audit. You want to classify. So, And you also want to remember internal presentations might be confidential information, too. You want to create a company policy document. So it's basically your guidelines. How are you going to explain to your employees what are their obligations, where you're going to have this nice policy document. You don't need to do it alone. There are resources out there that can help you, and and obviously this is something that we, we like to help our clients with as well. And once you have that policy document, I assume you can decide where to put those provisions. Do they go in the employee manual? Do they go in a separate contract? Do they go up on the wall? All of the above? Absolutely. And so part of the policy is you're classifying the information. You want to have policies for creation, saving, access, handling. Maybe you're going to use a secure VPN. And you want to have safety precautions. So what happens if you're hacked? We haven't discussed that. We'll get that into that in the social media um, portion. And what can be said about the company, and this is more press-related, social media-related, and who's saying it. We mentioned training a lot. That's a big bullet point. You have to train your employees so that they really make this policy part of their daily lives. You want to onboard, and you want to have exit strategies. You want to basically embed confidentiality as part of your company's culture. And you want to write it into your contracts with third parties. You want to keep the info at home. 
Again, I, I mentioned earlier, you don't want to download it. You don't want to put it on a laptop. You don't want to put it into a thumb drive. You don't want to lose, especially with regard to trade secrets, you don't want to lose any of those items. You don't want to print it out and leave it at home for someone to look at. You really want to understand how to keep that secret and how access should be limited. You want to protect your projects, especially if you're working with a counterparty on those projects. Their marking is essential. And having the counterparty understand that these are their obligations as well is something that higher-ups should talk about too. But the first steps are to drill down on what you're protecting, write it down into a company policy, see that it's distributed in a sensible fashion, train your people on it, and put in place other mechanisms to protect that information. Exactly. So with those bullet points, I think you will understand what to do and how to do it. And again, there are a lot of resources out there, and we don't want you taking them from the Internet. All right. Thank you very much, Amy. I appreciate it. Thank you for letting me be a part of it. All right, there you have it. That's our conversation on confidential information. In the last episode, we talked about trade secrets. And if you listen to both, you'll understand the fundamental distinctions between the two concepts, both of which are very important to your business. And maintaining the secrecy and confidentiality are keys to the survival of them and perhaps the survival of your business. I'm glad you could join us. Thank you again for listening to Law Brief. Now here's something lawyerly, a disclaimer. We are not your lawyers. We do not have an attorney-client relationship, and this podcast does not constitute legal advice. If you need legal advice, you should contact and engage counsel of your own choosing who can best address your own situation and particular needs. You can find more information about our law firm, me, and many of our guests at our website, www.tartarkrinsky.com. We are a mid-size, full-service firm located in New York City and New Jersey. If you want to contact us for any reason, be it comments, topic ideas, or anything else, you can email us at podcast at You can also follow this podcast on iTunes, among other places, and we would very much appreciate it if you rate or review us. I'm Rich Schoenstein, and this was Law Brief. Mm-hmm.